Good evening and welcome to the Locked On Winnipeg Jets podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Harrison Lee, an avid Winnipeg Jets fan and an online blogger. You can follow me on Twitter at HLLovingLoco and follow our podcast Twitter at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. As always, if you like what you're hearing, be sure to like, follow, and subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform of choice, including Apple, Spotify, Google, and the Megaphone app. Subscribing is free and keeps you up to date on the latest and greatest in Winnipeg Jets news and analysis. On tonight's episode, we will be continuing our greatest goal scorers ever review, and we're going to pick back up with some unusual picks from the NHL, and I feel like a couple of these guys maybe are are not what people usually associate with top-end goal scorers. The first one is, I think, a really quirky one because this guy is a, a really odd goal scorer when it comes to how he actually produces, and that, of course, is Michael Grabner. Now, Grabner is one of the more puzzling NHLers out there because I feel like as far as his on-ice impacts are concerned, he's like okay at 5v5. He's not really somebody that tends to stand out. Where Grabner kind of surprises people is that continually on the penalty kill, he remains one of the most effective shorthanded goal scorers in the league. I'm not 100% sure why he's always able to get open and, and speed down the ice in one direction so quickly, but when it comes to goal scoring, Grabner seems to have one direction on the penalty kill, and that's towards the opposing net. This past season, he did it a little bit less. Uh, the previous year, he had six goals out of nine that were shorthanded, which is kind of funny. Curiously, most of his goal scoring record has actually been more at even strength or on the power play than he's actually done at shorthanded, but for some reason, he's had a recent reputation as being so lethal at, uh, you know, reduced strength numbers. Grabner just seems to have a lot of speed, especially on straightaway breakaways, and I feel like that's what's made him a continually dangerous threat, even in limited deployments. While he isn't quite as uh, effective as he used to be over the past several seasons, I feel like, you know, Grabner still plays a certain role on these teams, and apparently Arizona figured out that if you put him on the penalty kill, he'll continue to produce shorthanded goals left and right. It's actually a fairly difficult skill because you have to jump the opposing forwards and defenders. Usually it's like four forwards and one defender on the ice, but either way, there is of course a man advantage, so you have to be very careful and time your jump just right when you see the breakaway opportunity. I think Grabner has even scored shorthanded against the Jets at one point, although I can't be sure. It would have been a couple of seasons ago if he did, but every time he does it is really funny to watch. He's the kind of player who I think his approach is a little bit one-dimensional, but it continues to work no matter what, and obviously it does seem to catch a lot of opposing skaters by surprise. I think a lot of it is just because Grabner himself is actually fairly intelligent and knows when he needs to make that jump and speed down the ice rather than sort of hang back and wait for an opportunity. In that way, he is a little bit like some of those poachers who understand timing and space, especially when they need to make that run right into the box or or streak down the ice as it is in hockey. And they just have that natural knack for understanding when that timing is and where that space is, rather than some guys who don't always have that extra level to their game. Rather than an extra level, I feel like that's actually a lot of Grabner's game is just understanding when to make that jump and when to speed down the ice. But despite his advancing age, he's continued to make a career out of it, so all props to Michael. The next goal scorer on our list is somebody who I feel like continually doesn't really get all that much appreciation, and that, of course, is Pittsburgh Penguins forward Brian Rust. Despite Rust's name, he's anything but rusty at all, especially when it comes to creating offense on the ice. He's one of those players that you don't really think a whole lot about, and yet, for some reason, he's continually in all of the most dangerous spots on the ice. He seemingly has a nice knack for finding soft spots between defenders, and he can actually score some pretty nice goals. Rust is a player who marries actual genuine skill with a really hard-working engine, which is similar to what we see with guys like Janssen Harkins. I think the difference for Rust is he actually produces a ton of points. 
and he's a really strong driver of play on the ice. Last year, it seems like Rust was finally recognized with the kind of impact he's had because he suddenly got a ton more ice time than he was used to getting. He started receiving around 19 and a half minutes rather than the 14 or 15 a night that is more suited to like a third liner. Now he was getting second line deployments and it's no surprise that immediately his points totals jumped. In only 55 games, he amassed 56 points. Do I think Rust is consistently a point-per-game player? Probably not. I would say that this is more maybe a little bit of an elevated shooting percentage. Of course, he was shooting around 18% last season, but even at around 12% next year, you're still probably looking at a guy who's going to get around 60 to 70 points even in you know a potentially shortened season. I think that Rust is genuinely great. If he plays 70 games, I feel like 60 points is totally possible. And I've always been a big fan of his because I feel like when it comes to industrious bottom six players who work their way up the lineup and prove that, in fact, their skill sets can translate in elevated roles, Rust has always been that kind of player. While he's not exactly somebody who strikes you as an elite high-end winger, what he does have is like a really well-rounded tool set married to smarts. And I feel like his results have not always been just a, a product of who he's playing with. I feel like Rust actually creates that space himself, and he might be the one driving a lot of his bottom six line mates. I don't think that there are many players quite like Rust around the league who continually demonstrate being high-end offensive players despite playing very limited minutes and doing so in a fashion that typically doesn't yield many points. But but Rust worked his way up. I think he's a fantastic story, and I feel like at some point, I hope that Harkins really follows the same pathway, because if Harkins ends up being the same kind of caliber of player that Rust has been over the past several seasons, then the Jets have a real gem hiding basically in their bottom six ranks. Comparatively speaking, I'm not sure that there's a player Winnipeg has had that has done something similar. I feel like Andrew Kopp is probably the closest player just because Kopp, in a lot of ways, exemplifies what I want out of a really good middle six player. I think that he's defensively resilient. He's actually a pretty capable passer, and I feel like his vision maybe goes a little bit underappreciated. He's a very hard worker, which makes him a player that Maurice can rely on relatively comfortably in almost all situations. But the only thing that maybe is missing from his game is just that elite finishing. I feel like Kopp is actually a pretty decent attacker, generally speaking, but he doesn't have that extra edge and that extra tool set that makes him like a really elite middle sixer. This is why I think Rust is kind of a unique player. I, I think Rust is probably closer to like the Connor Garlands of the league who are players that sort of rose through the ranks because they actually have a surprisingly underappreciated tool set that's capable of putting up real numbers at the NHL level. I think a guy like Cop could actually do some pretty decent damage, but it'd, it'd have to be with some really elite finishers alongside him. I think what he does best is more in, in space creation through a really aggressive forecheck, dominating puck possession, and generally bullying his way into dangerous positions on the ice. Cop isn't somebody who's going to be a high-end attacker or a goal scorer like Rust is, but I feel like he can be equally effective when it comes to being a two-way play driver, and hopefully the Jets find more players like Rust and Cop. Guys like those were pivotal to some of the playoff runs the Jets have made, and if Winnipeg can find more of them, especially within their farm system, things are looking pretty good. Up next, we'll take a look at some of the back-end players who are also pretty good at scoring goals, even if it may not be their primary duty, but before then, I thought you should hear about the great relaunch of Built Bar. For those of you who have listened to this podcast for a long time, you know that I am definitely a big fan of Built Bar's products. They've got great protein bars that are more like candy bars with a dark chocolate exterior and a soft, chewy interior. Of their 12 original flavors, I highly recommend raspberry and mint brownie. I think that those are my personal favorites, and I feel like they have a nice balance of flavor, sweetness, and texture. 
But if you can't really decide, be sure to try out their variety box, which gives you the best of both worlds and lets you sample some of their other great flavors too. Like any great company though, Built isn't content to rest on its laurels. They're back and better than ever with a brand new formula and six new flavors including caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry barcia, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, and apple almond crisp. The best part of all these great flavors is that you can enjoy them completely guilt-free. Built Bars clock in at around 200 calories or less, around 5 grams of net carbs, and between 15 to 19 grams of protein. They're low-calorie, low-sugar, high in protein, and high in fiber, so they're great for keto diets, as well as weight loss and weight maintenance programs. To place your order for Built Bar, go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON, and you'll get 20% off your next order. Again, use promo code LOCKEDON for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. Welcome back to the Locked On Winnipeg Jets podcast. Earlier, we talked about some maybe underappreciated goal scorers who perhaps don't light the lamp as much as some of the other guys, but maybe do so in really extraordinary fashion in very specific situations. Now we're going to focus on some of the top defending scorers out there because there are quite a few blue liners who are actually pretty good in the offensive game. And I feel like some of these guys are, are essentially the modern NHL defenders that a lot of leagues are starting to favor. Up first, of course, is Eric Carlson, especially during Carlson's prime years. Eric was, for many years, and in some ways still is, one of the best modern-D the league has ever produced. He is the prototype of a modern offensive puck-moving two-way D-man with incredible offensive acumen, a really smart shot, great passing instincts, effortless edge work, and elite-level spatial awareness. When Carlson is on the ice, and especially when he's at full strength and healthy, he can dominate almost every shift. While he does have some defensive blemishes, maybe not physically engaging or blocking out the front of the net as much, he's definitely someone who will, in fact, try to shut down passing and shooting lanes and, and really control defense by maintaining possession of the puck and driving the team away from their own defensive zone. Carlson is an extraordinary talent, and I feel like overall we're not really going to find somebody quite like him ever again, just because I feel like the way that he invented in some ways this modern style of blue liner is, is really a kind of career claim to fame that I'm not sure anyone else will touch. Obviously there will be other players who are prototypes of new types of, of players and skaters, but as far as like an original offensive defender of the modern contemporary age is concerned, I feel like Carlson is the first real example we have, especially in the way that he approaches it almost like a fourth forward on the ice. I feel like he's the kind of skater with a, a versatile enough skill set that you could probably deploy him in just about any position you want, barring goalie. He's smart, adaptable, incredibly skilled, and very industrious. I think Carlson is probably one of the most underappreciated, hard-working D-men in the league, and certainly he has continued to grow this reputation as a really affable, extremely talented blue liner, but obviously I think the engine that he has is very much under underrated and underappreciated. He maybe plays through a few more injuries than I'm comfortable seeing him do so with, but obviously Carlson is basically a robot sometimes, so maybe he's capable of handling it. Were I in his position, I probably wouldn't have that same mental fortitude. I, th I think it takes a special kind of person who's willing to grit through that amount of pain to do that kind of stuff. And obviously, I'm not saying that it's actually a good decision because I feel like it probably isn't, but Carlson is Carlson, and he does what he wants. Speaking of defenders who do what they want, I feel like Dustin Bufflin kind of embodies that sort of free-roaming offensive spirit that has often eluded many other skilled blue liners of the same ilk. Buff was a guy when he was in his prime who just wasn't afraid to go out, create some offense, cause some havoc, hit some guys, and just make a real mess of opposing defensive formations by bulldozing his way through the offensive zone. He's the kind of guy who often dropped below the faceoff circles, circled around the net, and created a lot of offensive opportunities from angles that you wouldn't really expect a defender to do. While he's always been known for his brute force and physicality, I think what really made Bufflin stand out for me was the fact that he had such incredible off that he had such incredible offensive instincts 
instincts. He was a very smart attacker, and I feel like there are obvious reasons why for some years many people thought he was a winger, but when push came to shove and they figured out that in fact Bufflin really is best when he's working from the blue line, it opened up an entirely new style of play for him. I'm not sure that anyone has ever quite approached uh, a blue liner role as Bufflin has, and I'm not sure anyone else ever will. He kind of marries a very unique physical style with a sort of offensive forecheck that you'd expect from somebody like Blake Wheeler. That he has such a great agility and speed on his skates just makes him one of the most fearsome attackers I've ever seen. It became clear though that working from the back end was where he really was able to apply his trade best because he had more space to work with and it allowed him to kind of wait for his forwards to sort of draw attention to themselves before dropping into the offensive zone deep. It kind of reminds me of some of the stuff that Truba used to do once he kind of got with the Jets and started rolling a bit and maybe he took some cues from the way Bufflin attacked the offensive zone. But in terms of unique blue line attackers, I'm not sure anyone will ever quite match up to what Bufflin was capable of doing. From the new age school of D-men, I think that uh, Miro Heiskinen is obviously for me one of the most gifted attacking blue liners I've gotten to watch. Prior to this year's playoff run, I feel like he was still a little bit underappreciated. Heiskinen is obviously a modern puck-moving D with really good shots and, and obviously very good passing and vision, and surprisingly stout defending, but... I don't know that his reputation really got onto the level of what you'd expect for a player who is arguably a top-pairing defender until this recent playoff run where his points totals basically exploded. Obviously, over the long run, I don't think that Heiskanen's on-ice results are, are quite sustainable, but for what he does and for how he plays, I feel like the underlying numbers are going to be continuing for a very long time yet. In Finland, Heiskanen was one of the top-scoring D for his age group, and especially among teenagers, Miro was a very special talent. And nowadays, we still see him putting on some ridiculous displays where he's really not afraid to attack the offensive zone with a variety of tool sets. He loves taking point shots that are primed for deflections, and he's also very comfortable passing it to a teammate for a higher danger chance near the net. Heiskanen is a very well-rounded, versatile threat, and I feel like as far as modern D go, he is definitely uh, an evolved form of it. I, I think he's very skilled. I think that he's got a great tool set. He's got very strong edge work, an offensively gifted set of hands that make him a multifaceted threat. And in his own end, he seems to understand defensive positioning at a level that most players his age don't. Heiskinen is a role model for what the modern young D should look like. And I feel like if, if Heinola is anything like Heiskinen, especially in, in similar scoring rates and perhaps a similar approach in the offensive zone, Vili is going to be someone very special for the Jets. Speaking of offensively gifted defenders, next we'll look into the world of football and see which fullbacks and centerbacks might actually be really great attackers. Welcome back to the Locked on Winnipeg Jets podcast. Earlier this episode, we talked about some top-end goal scorers who are maybe guys who are underappreciated, especially given limited time on ice. And then we also looked at a couple of blue liners who are actually really good at scoring goals themselves. In the world of football, we also have plenty of offensive defenders who continue to contribute at both ends of the pitch. Of course, the first guy that we have to talk about is Alfonso Davies. And Davies, for a lot of people, is, is going to be extremely familiar. His story among Canadian football fans remains among the most prolific and well-known cases of a Canadian going overseas and having instant success. Davies started out as a young star in some of the Canadian youth dev camps before working his way up to the MLS Vancouver Whitecaps and being a standout there as well. Since moving to Bayern, Davies has just completely exploded and I feel like his skill sets make him one of the most dangerous threats in all of world football. The way that he plays his position is very unique. He's capable of defensively tracking back at a ridiculous speed that most guys can't touch. 
He can make very smart tackles. His defensive positioning allows him to shield, you know, opposing ball carriers with relative ease. And then he gets back up the pitch when in possession to create plenty of offensive opportunities. His incredibly deceptive footwork, his agility, his speed, his vision, his passing, and his fearlessness to attack the box just make him such a dangerous threat in ways that I don't know that we've seen from another fullback in a long, long time. I think you could comfortably deploy him as a a, a wide mid player, maybe as like a left wing of a sort. There's pretty much nowhere you can't use him other than maybe as like a central attacking player or even like a center mid. I think that he has to be out wide because I think that that's just the best position for him and the way that he attacks space is elite there. Davies right now has an argument to be the best fullback in the world and obviously there are plenty of Liverpool fans who will probably look at me and say no 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 it's Andy Robertson but I don't know. I think that the way that Davies plays his position and what he's capable of doing at both ends of the pitch makes him the best fullback out there. The underlying defensive metrics seem to paint a similar picture. No one else is really touching Davies' overall impact on the game, which is kind of crazy because his position is extremely unique and in some ways very demanding. He continues to just be an unbelievable force in transition, in attack, and in defense. So Bayern are very clearly blessed to have signed him for as little as they did because he continues to be an absolute monster in just about everything he does. While Davies is good, there is actually another Bundesliga fullback who I think really should get a lot more attention. Obviously, fullbacks, especially offensive ones, you know, they play an interesting role because they're sort of like offensive wingers with defensive responsibilities, but it is a very demanding role because of how much pitch you have to cover, how flawless you have to be in distribution, and how skilled you have to be when engaging defenders one-on-one and tracking back to seal off opposing attackers in your own end. For me, that's what makes Borussia Dortmund's Rafael Guerrero one of the most exciting players to watch around. I feel like when it comes to wing backs, everyone says, oh, you know, he's an offensive defender, but what does that really mean? Guerrero, though, is somebody who is like a space creator. He's truly one of the most elite fullbacks in all of world football. He's very good at making these extremely difficult lobbed passes and, and long passes look incredibly easy. He's also impressively good at dribbling into really dangerous spots, setting up offensive opportunities in the box, and he's not afraid to take a shot himself. While he's not the world's most prolific goal scorer, he actually has notched a few himself, and it's always exciting when he does because it's usually a very good reward for a hard-earned shift. Because of his stature and his, his really high-end dribbling ability as well as his elite spatial awareness, he often finds himself in really dangerous spots inside the box. But He's often, you know, more of a guy who's likely to service a teammate in a better position. That said, you really can't sleep on Guerrero no matter what because he's equally capable of blistering a shot either on a free kick or in open play. He's not quite on the level of Alfonso Davies, and I just don't know that anyone else in world football is, but he's actually not as far off as maybe people think. Guerrero is very much elite in transition, and he's actually not bad in defense. He's not quite as good as as Davies is in man marking and sealing off those passing and shooting lanes, but generally speaking, I think he's as good as as they come and like I said just a minute ago obviously no one is quite playing on the level of Fonzie I, I think Fonzie is just completely unique in terms of you know fullbacks in world football and and generally speaking defenders but Guerrero is a star in his own right and it's actually crazy that people don't seem to know as much about him I know that he plays for a very talented attacking team but when it comes to defenders Dortmund has traditionally not had as many great ones and yet when it comes to fullbacks I think Guerrero ranks as one of the top five in the world I know I'm biased, but what he's capable of doing and how much space he creates, as well as his offensive skill while on the ball and his creativity in, in both ends of the pitch, 
there are very few players out there who are at his level or greater. And the more that he continues to create space for Dortmund's players, the more I think that the gap between him and the guys above him is actually pretty tiny. If you have any defenders you think might be on the level of these kinds of players, let me know in the comments at HLLivingLoco or on our podcast Twitter at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. I'd always love to hear your thoughts. But for tonight, that's going to do it. Thanks so much for listening. Before you log off, be sure to check out the Locked On National podcast hosted by Sarah Avampado. Thanks so much. Have a great night. And as always, go Jets go.